0: Yo, I'm Shea Serrano. And I'm Brandon Jinx Jenkins. We have a new show called No Skips with Jinx and Shea. In it, we discuss the most unskippable albums in hip-hop history.
1: New episodes drop on Thursdays, only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
1: Cold open question of the week, Kaz. You? Yep. Is Taiwan a country?
0: No, oh, wait, wait, no, no don't,
1: <laughs> don't answer. Don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> Let's just do the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First battle Season 1 champion, Michael Lynch. The king of sad stop. The silver lake
2: heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens.
0: I am Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan
2: Black, a.k.a.
0: the Goof Haraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, yeah, yeah, listening you're, to this. You're listening you're to. Listening to and you are listening to the Masked, Man, the the Masked Show. Man Show. The
1: Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked, the Masked Man, Man, Show. Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz.
2: How you doing, buddy? Dave, i um, Slowly recovering, as you can see, with my red cup on the Zoom call, just trying to gather myself after an incredible night in New York City.
1: I was I was feeling for you after game one. I meant to text you, and I was like, you know what? I, that's the last thing he need is another text. As is, this is facts. <laughs> and then game two, wow, I mean, that was, that was a lot. That was an emotional roller coaster.
2: I have been a Knicks fan my entire life, and they have had bigger games. They have won bigger games, obviously. But I've never in my life experienced something that I experienced yesterday, which is just complete, especially after the year we've had, especially not having crowds, especially the Knicks not being really good for the past eight years. It, f- <laughs> it felt like the Knicks ended the pandemic. <laughs> like, there were so many people <laughs> out there, shut down Seventh Avenue. Like I don't know if anybody who's not from New York can, you know, you, you know, attest to what Seventh Avenue looks like on a Wednesday night. But it is not the best place to drive through, <laughs> and just seeing it overrun with excited Knicks fans, jumping up and down, sw- waving towels, chanting "fuck Trey Young," chanting everything we want in Brooklyn. Like I don't care, man. Everybody wants to police fans. Everyone wants to police how people act. And yeah, there's definitely a line, especially when it comes to like physically. But man, there's no, there's nothing like that unbridled energy of being a diehard sports fan. It really isn't. I, I, I could, I wish I could live last night over a million times. It was by far one of the greatest experience I've ever felt in my life. Well, kudos to Trey young. He's so perfect. Can I, I, I like, listen, I was saying this on the pre-show. I told everybody that I was a Knicks fan and we did a Twitter spaces with, uh, with Steve Novak. And, uh, and Julito from The Wire. And uh, I told everybody, yo, as Knicks fans, I need you all to take your Knicks fans hat off for like two seconds. And like, can we all just appreciate that we have like the absolute perfect guy to boo? <laughs> like, yeah. And he embraces it so much. It's That's so it. fun. That's it. Is it is so fun. If
1: of all of the professional athletes that have been referred to casually as heels in our, in our adulthood, I struggle to think of anybody that's really better at it than Trey Young, and he's young—no pun intended. He is a he is a natural at this, right? Yeah. I mean, just to he 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 attracts the most uh, the the chance. He like you know waves them on. He's out there with like the I'm playing heel haircut. <laughs>
2: there's so many things to make fun of that's the best thing about him being a heel there's so many things you can make fun of him about it's like
1: when Jericho puts on a scarf or something it's like he (laughs) knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing I mean people make people make fun of Trey Young's hair but like it's we must point this out if he just had if he just did it you know just just buzzed it down you know just a close crop just a little people would hate him like 90% 90%
2: less. Like he would get so much less hate. I wish he would like just take like some some styling gel, maybe like some no, something the, just like way- <laughs> slick it back or something that like you're too young oh, to be looking bold, so but the fun part about it is as much as there's things to make fun of him about, he's such a phenomenal basketball player it cancels <laughs> all that out. <laughs> yeah. So he's the perfect villain and, you know, us we're wrestling guys, man, and we can appreciate a really good heel. And, yeah. Oh man. It's not, it's not as good. A great storyline is not as good if you don't have a great guy to root against. And this is what we got in that first round. I can't believe it. It's great. Well,
1: l- low-key, low-key. My favorite heel move of the week is when Trey was on inside the NBA after their first win, the game one win. And every time somebody, one of the guys in the studio asked him a question, he said, good question. Like, like he complimented. <laughs> he's like, that's a
2: good question. Ernie. Good, good question. Chuck. Like, you know, like, are you really like- going to tell Shaq that <laughs> that was a bad question? Like shut your ass up. Trey. So great. But oh, this is big perfect. for the
1: Knicks. You you guys even in your in your highest moments in my lifetime, I got to be honest, you guys were the heels. So it's nice to be it's nice to be playing the underdog baby for a change. We got to get off basketball and get into professional wrestling. There's a lot of big news today. We got an AEW uh, show that we got a preview and we got a lot of um WWE content to get through. Before we get into it, um We got to say we 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 totally dropped the ball and forgot to talk about New Jack passing away last week.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I I texted us before we uh you know right after we ended, and I was like, oh man, we we forgot to mention New Jack. Rest in peace to New Jack. Obviously, lived a very complicated life. I mean, you could say what you want about his life, but just as far as on the entertainment value, when it comes to if if you really want to talk about ECW being one of the most influential territories Mm -hmm. of the past, like half a decade or half a century or whatever, the extreme in ECW really starts with New Jack, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, ECW was just a little bit more counterculture at first, uh, but New Jack was the dude who who brought it a little over the edge. And um, when it comes to just entertainment, I mean, just absolute dynamite in front of a microphone. One of the greatest stick men we've ever seen. I mean, obviously... He's a guy that <laughs> we we could probably never see in the WWF or WCW type, and that's what makes him so special. He's somebody who is just uh, an absolute uh, as real as it gets in the in the unreal world of professional wrestling, and there's not many people like him. So let's make sure we get that in there. Rest in peace. We published a, we published a cool
1: obit by Oliver Lee Bateman. Uh, one of my little. The dudes I publish a lot on Obits, he's a fantastic writer, and it's a fantastic piece. And but the thing that st- the thing that really got me, uh, and you should all check out the piece, it's amazing. But but the thing that got me is when I was I edited the piece and for the little peek behind the curtain, so I'll edit it, I'll work with Oliver to get it in good shape. Then I send it to the desk, and then like the, the copy editors and the fact checkers have a go at it. And then it's, then Oliver sort of ducks out, the writers always duck out, and then it's a conversation between the editor and the desk to kind of get it in final form. And the amount of disconnect between me and the people on the desk was the greatest of anything I've ever worked on. Like, the, like, normally they would be like, I'm not sure if this year is right, you know, and I would, and I'll check on that. Or like, is this, is this a better way to write the sentence? This time they were like, I'm confused. Was he, <laughs> was the trash can... Was he hiding the tool, the, the weapons in the <laughs> trash can? And I'm just like, no, no. The trash can was like a golf bag. Like you, he, he was carrying it. The, and they're like, okay. And then like this, like stuff with Vic Grimes. He was like, well, he didn't mean to hurt him. Yeah. Right. And I'm just like, yeah. well, this is where we get into a little bit of blurry territory. <laughs> they didn't understand anything about New Jack, which I think says a lot about the guy. But the Vic Grimes stuff, I think, is telling. And Oliver touched on this a little bit, but I, but I, professional wrestling since. Well, we all know people have known it's fake forever, but you know the the, the sort of post kayfabe era that's occupied most of our lives at this point. It's funny, and I think I've probably said this before, but it's it, the funny thing is, as soon as we acknowledge that the matches themselves aren't straight up sport sporting contests, the wrestlers start looking for ways to make wrestling real in other ways, like. Like that's when you get into bigger. That's when people care a lot more about telling stories about guys who who are legit badasses, right? It's like wrestling might be fake, but Haku could kill you all, right? Yes. Or yes. look when Hulk, Hulk Hogan now talking about WrestleMania three. Wrestling's fake, but if Andre didn't want to let me win on the most important match in my career, I wouldn't Wasn't have won. Was going to happen? Yeah, right.
2: That's that's making wrestle. That's making this fake thing real again. And that's what makes it. That's what makes it really entertaining and interesting to people yeah. like us. Yeah. And that's what New Jack
1: was, right? I mean, New Jack, more than anything else that happened in ECW and and really in the modern era, was the question mark. Was the how real is this? Like, what am I seeing right now, right? (laughs) And as much as like, I'm going to say for the record, I think I might have watched the mass transit incident on YouTube once long ago and have totally blacked it out. But I have deliberately not watched it the past 30 times I thought about it. There's a limit to what I'll watch
2: The first time I actually watched it in its entirety was during Dark Side of the Ring. And I was like, oh, I'll never watch that again. (laughs) That's a bit much. That's past my yeah. So,
1: I mean, yeah, but but the legend of it, as well as the Vic Grimes... I mean, the Vic Grimes stuff is a... My is a boondoggle. Like I wrote for just a very short period of time, a long time ago, I wrote a piece, a a series for Grantland about shoots, about when, about when wrestling got real and people started taking swings at each other. And I would break down the tape and be like, here is the moment where Bruiser Brody gets mad. You can just like, this is it, you know, break down the whole thing. The Vic Grimes stuff, I don't get because it's like, if he wanted to kill him, he could have killed him. Right. I mean, that, that's, that sort of goes without saying what he what there might've been a degree to which he wanted to get away with killing him. And so he like worked it out in his head, but I don't even quite buy that. I think regardless of what was happening at the moment, he definitely has turned the legend. He definitely turned the legend of that into part of his resume in the years that followed. Right. That helped the,
2: that helped the character. So he's sort of, even if it's real, he's working us with that stuff. And at the same time, we, we say it helped the character, but then it begs the question, like, what's the character? Like, is this just him? Like, <laughs> You know, and that's what that's what made uh, New Jack really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, it, it was so real. He was so it was too real. real. It's too real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and people say, you know, well, I mean, his career post ECW is a little bit scattershot, right? He had the, he had a little run in TNA and. um you know, I mean, he would probably be in AEW now if the if it if if the times were different, right? I mean, not AEW now. I mean, like if AEW had had been coming up back then, he right. probably would have gotten a shot. He just wasn't a WWE guy for a, a bunch of different reasons. But, um, but he was. I think the fact that he was never a WWE guy, barely a TNA guy, and people, and we're talking about him is. I mean, the, the the amount of reverence for good or bad that people have for that dude as a figure in professional wrestling. Compared to how relatively small his like resume really was, is really is is kind of amazing. I mean, he made a he left a big mark, <laughs> a big a big scar on the forehead of professional wrestling. Um, that will that will be there forever.
2: I put it like this. I think one thing that really distinguishes him is the fact that you know he wrestled in you know is a Smoky Mountain wrestling or it, you mm-hmm. know he, he's you know a black yeah. wrestler in Smoky Mountain wrestling that you know really. Did not ignore race, you know, in his character, and you know, did not ignore, you know, uh, you know, a lot of in, in a lot of his promos, he made sure the uh, more of his controversial promos, rather that that race wasn't a, a a subject that was hidden, you know, for better or for worse, for you know, heel or face, right? And um, with him, I think the reason why New Jack is so you know recognized or remembered is especially black wrestling fans. He was the standard of like, he's the real deal, you know, like just the natural born from the natural born killers, you know, entrance music to the shopping cart and like the way he talked, the way he walked. He gave you stank ass old uncle energy that like just beats the fuck out of people and drinks and is just a crazy old man. Like, we all know a guy like New Jack, <laughs> like maybe not, you know, the more homicidal and murderous type of, you know, personality, but just. The funny shit is we're talking all these we talk about his his sort of uh his sort of character and how violent it was. I mean, you know, his his actions and how violent it is, like seriously violent, not just like, you know, shoot, you know, you know, uh show violent, but like, you know, actually hurting people. And the fact that his character and his charisma was so enthralling that we still kind of look past it and could admire him as a great wrestling character is just speaks to how good he was on the mic you know like it's 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 crazy it's crazy but um i, I was always a big new jack fan and i rest in peace to him he was the guy who introduced me to ecw along with rob van dam and mm-hmm. um you know if he if ecw is in your blood then we lost a big well, one. He's on that. He, ECW is then, in your so. blood, whether you know it or not. I mean, if you're
1: listening to this podcast, ECW is in your yeah. blood indirectly. Some, some, uh, the, the bat bit somebody and you're like, you know, a bunch of people down the line, but you got it in your, in your blood, <laughs> but you got it. <laughs> Let's move on. The other big news or the actual bit, that was last week's news. The big news of this week is just the biggest news. I can't even, I don't even know how to do this. Adnan Verk, friend of the podcast. <laughs> Has mutually agreed to part ways with WWE's no longer Raw's lead announcer. And what we found out a couple hours later, he's being replaced by Jimmy Smith, uh, UFC commentator. uh, Best known probably as a Bellator guy. Um, You might recognize him as the guy who gets mistaken for Joe Rogan. Um, (laughs) But because he does the Joe Rogan job and is another about the same size shaved head, Shaved head actually predates Joe Rogan's shaved head, if I remember, and I am the shaved head historian, yes. so I think Jimmy that's correct. Smith, not,
2: um, not Jimmy Smiths, actually. Like I, I saw the the Twitter thing go down in the press release, and I'm like, this ain't Jimmy Smiths, right? From that's such a <laughs> '90s joke. Like, let me woo, I dated myself with that one. <laughs> so, so let's take these two things
1: separately. I would assume that uh, that Adnan had a had a say in him leaving. And, and, you know, he's got a lot of other jobs. He's going to be fine. And it felt like it actually was mutual just based on the things, the whispers that I've heard and the, and the yeah. press release itself. Yeah. Now, I mean, in that listen, if you're not loving it, the money's one thing. But, I mean, to just fly out and fly back, he's got a family. You know, he's got kids to, to, to mm-hmm. like, disappear, like, for a whole day on top of everything else he's doing. That's a big ask, you know. and And so I could imagine a human being loving the idea of this job and then no, not loving it when you're doing it but mm-hmm. just from the WWE side I think Sean Ross Sapp reported that you know both sides kind of knew this wasn't working very quickly um and I don't really know the detail you know what what do you, what, what that's supposed to imply but I mean we said it at the time we said it to whatever I mean the, the idea that you would Hire a guy with no wrestling experience, limited wrestling fandom, no fight experience. Throw him into the deep end as the lead announcer on Raw without even like sitting him down in the performance center without anybody watching and making him do this for six months or something, you know? I mean, you could put him on 205 Live or you could just do it in secret. But the fact that that's... that, I mean, if you're going to do that, you have to have two-year commitment to the guy. I mean, they did sign him to a multi-year contract. Yeah. But, man, you have to be fully committed. Anything short of, like, inciting a race riot should keep you, impl- should keep you employed if
2: that's what they're going to do. <laughs> and even then, they, they still might keep you employed. Um, There's not... I, he was kind of put in a no, no-win situation, man. I, I feel for Adnan mm-hmm. Burke because it's like... You know, Monday Night Raw is the flagship show, and he's obviously a talented commentator. And it goes to show, I mean, if we learned anything from all of this, how good a guy like Corey Graves is, you know? Like, everybody thinks it's so easy to just kind of, like, hop on the headset and be a a color commentator for pro wrestling. But, you know, I've seen... The things that go into, you know, a daily Raw, a weekly Raw, a weekly Smackdown. It's not as simple mm-hmm. as just putting on a headset and, and talking about what you see. There's a million things going on. You got scripts. You got, you know, people in your ear. And it's not just Vince McMahon. It's a bunch of people. You know, there's there's TV trucks. There's production trucks. There's Kevin Dunn in your ear. There's Vince in your ear. There's, uh-huh. you know, there's Michael Cole in your ear. Like, there's... So many things. There's, you know, there's things that there's cues you got to watch out for in the beginning of the show when you're going through the script. People tipping you like, hey, at this point, make sure you mention this, even if that happens quickly. And sometimes you got to rely on the performers. The performers don't hit on the exact moment and they, they have to emphasize it, even though it's not as emphasized as it was in the ring. It looks crazy. Like there's so many little things that people don't really understand on how much it it takes to really um, do a show. I've seen it with Renee Young when she was starting off. And Renee Young is, you know, I was there her first night on Raw. And I saw that how they were grooming her and getting her ready to do um, play by play. And you can't, and nobody, there's a a handful of people in the world that are more qualified to do, uh, you know, commentary than Renee Young. And even she thought it was a very difficult job to do, you know? And it's, it's, you really got to respect the guys that do it week in and week out. The Byron Saxons of the world, the Corey Graves of the world, Michael Coles, obviously, you know, it's, it's not as easy as it looks, man. It's not the NBA. It's not the NFL. it just, isn't. Um, so, I mean, props to Ed and for even trying, uh, I've heard of Jimmy Smith. I think Jimmy Smith is, uh, uh, you know, I think he gives it a little bit more of a fight feel to the shows. Um, I think that's where a guy like Pat McAfee has been, um, succeeding on SmackDown like he's been able to come in and just kind of do color and I guess it's a little easier to do color but when you're the head guy calling the action you got to know what you're seeing you got to know what's going on each and every moment because it's not a simple thing
1: so I guess what's interesting about the Jimmy Smith hire uh is that you know Adnan was a is a play-by-play guy I mean he's a desk guy he's a he's a he is a he's a straight you know Explain or say what's going on to the crowd, sort of, sort of, sort of guy. Jimmy Smith's a commentator. I mean, Jimmy Smith's, you know, not, it's not straight the color guy because that's a different thing. He's got to explain what's happening in UFC. The roles are a little bit reversed. The announcers, you know, are a little bit more superficial, and then the guy sitting next to them has to get into the nitty gritty while the announcer, while, while, while the play, the quote unquote play by play, the lead guy keeps it going. You know, Jimmy Smith's not been, not known for being the the guy that says welcome to the show you know I mean that's he's he's usually the second guy now he's going to be kind of flipping roles and and certainly this is a 180 from Adnan right it's it's I mean if you if you want to knock Adnan Verk's performance it was that he didn't he he wasn't down in the weeds with the name of every move and all that kind of stuff and and that's that's going to be Jimmy Smith's you know point of expertise whether or not he knows every finishing move's name right now I guess we'll find out I like the idea I like that it's a little bit more that he's a more of an unusual thing he's not an unusual choice he's not just a uh like a booming voice um you know traditional broadcaster and I think I think it could be a lot of fun I'm excited to see what he does but you're right I mean go to what you said it's a it is a huge huge endeavor and I think we all saw that
2: yeah, props for them to like l- knowing it wasn't working though, and just and just kind of cut and bake. Like I'm, we've 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 lived through the Adam Lee era, we've lived through you know many eras of rough commentary, and they've usually held on a little longer than this. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how Raw sounds. I think Raw was really good this week too, as far as like match quality, and uh, yeah. I'm I, I, I'm really excited to kind of see where Raw goes because they match storyline wise. It's been a little weird, but like for the third or fourth week in a row, match wise, Raw has had like a match that I'm like, oh, that could have been on a pay-per-view. That was a banger. That was good. You know, and, and this week wasn't no different. Let's talk about Raw a little bit here. The,
1: okay. the, um, I do Just to put a cap on it, though, I agree with what you're saying, but. I mean, it wasn't working. Kudos him for noticing it, but it wasn't going to work in this amount of time. I mean, listen, it's like it's like if they like WWE just signed uh, what's it? Who's the football dude they just signed? The 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 Florida uh, Parker Bordreau or whatever that guy's name is that looks like Brock Lesnar. They keep saying it's like if they just signed him and then gave him the WWE title on Raw. And then fired him a month later because ratings didn't move. Right? I mean, it's like he. But we haven't taught him how to wrestle yet. Ah, ah, we ah, gave him a shot. We gave him a shot. We put him in the spotlight. You know, it's just it's it's like you know, you got to do better than that. Maybe maybe Jimmy's supposed to be the solution, and we'll all forget we ever have this conversation. Okay, talking about Raw, I don't know what we should talk about. I'm just going to talk about this. Matt Riddle versus Xavier Woods is Ooh. the greatest match I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk about I don't it. know like I know that Xavier Woods is a good wrestler. Logically I know this. Um when he gets his moments to shine on pay-per-views and stuff, I mean he's he's good. When he usually when he does these single matches leading up to a tag team feud or something like that, they're entertaining. But the idea that he was like so good that Despite the fact that he's like five eight, WWE had to sign him at a time when that wasn't happening, and then they protected him in NXT because they knew how good he could possibly be. The, the fact that he's that this kind of wrestler in the ring, and he could be this kind of wrestler week in and week out. I mean, it got it comes a little bit of a shock. And Riddle, you know, I, I'm a little bit back and forth on him on the main roster, even in ring, but he's been Not really, me. really consistent and really, no, he's been really, really good, and but i'm still surprised that that he can just go, go in with a guy like woods who i assume they haven't had much in ring time together and just put together this kind of banger is not even the word this thing was beautiful it was a beautiful match it was a match. beautiful match
2: no i mean the, the thing is they've been quietly like building it like and i didn't realize how 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 they've been like quietly building this new day matt riddle storyline for the past couple of months with the scooter and then coming around like hey can you watch my scooter and just them cracking jokes on each other. So, like they've been building chemistry for a little bit, as like, oh, like Matt Riddle's just the guy that wants everybody to just get along and hang out, even if we gotta fight for for a little bit, right? And uh I think Woods, man, listen. There are so many talented wrestlers in WWE. It's it's embarrassing. It's an embarrassment of riches. Everybody is good. It's like going to the NBA, like Everybody's good, you know. Everybody, given the the right amount of time, the right, you know, you know, a situation can produce well. And you know, Woods right here. I mean, you could say what you want about, you know, not me obviously, but fans would look and be like, oh, well, he's just a tag team wrestler, and oh, like he can't be putting in anything serious. You know, he's just the trombone guy and all that other shit, like. It shows you, like, even a guy like that can go out there and put on a match that'll have you be like, oh, this guy might be one of the best wrestlers on the planet right now. Like him and Riddle have some incredible chemistry, and the same thing, you know, you mentioned you were kind of back and forth with him on on the main roster, not me. I think Matt Riddle. No, no,
1: I should say that. I should say that. he's been really, really good on the main roster. Yes. I was back and forth in NXT and a little bit skeptical when he debuted,
2: but he's been really solid of late. Yeah, and 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 now. The storytelling in that match was just so like mesmerizing to watch. It went from friendly comp to consistent to surprise to oh my gosh, I can't be this friendly guy, and then he goes into his Randy Orton bag really quick and gets like sinister, hits the RKO, slides out of it, and the whole time during this RK bro, uh, you know, uh, storyline, you're thinking, okay. Randy Orton was just in a super duper serious like death uh feud with with Bray Wyatt. Matt Riddle's gonna kind of get, get him on his comedy side, right? He's gonna bring him out, make him a little bit more likable, right? And like, what if it's the other way around? What if like it's Randy Orton that starts like influencing Matt Riddle to be a little bit more sinister, be a little bit more heinous? And uh you gotta you got a quick glimpse of that, you know, in the past two weeks. Once when once when he shoved down the woods and two after this this win against them. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen the match, I mean, go on Hulu, go on the network, wherever you need to, you know, Peacock, wherever you need to see it, go check that match out. There's so many spots, that pop-up suplex with the, I don't know if it was like an arm drag or he caught him on the shoulders and turned it around. I don't know what the hell that was, but that was an incredible move. And just the storytelling of that match, if you've been paying attention to the whole New Day, Matt Riddle storyline for the past, I don't know, seven weeks, Eight weeks, beautiful, beautiful television professional wrestling. It was great, loved it. That pop up suplex thing, whatever it was, looked like
1: you were watching slow motion rewind. Like when you're when they play something backwards just to make <laughs> it look funny or whatever, or yeah. impossible. And that it's like, and let's did, it see was that real. in
2: super slow motion. But like it was incredible stuff,
1: motion. incredible stuff. And 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 um, and Kofi there in the main event picture is I mean, I. I'm intrigued. I'm very interested by what they're doing right now. As we're having this conversation, are you getting the same messages I just got? <laughs> uh I'm looking at it right now. Oh no. What match what what message did you get? Tom Phillips has been released by WWE.
2: Oh, come on. Really? Damn, yeah. damn it. Yeah. Damn it. That sucks. I hate that, that.
1: That is bad news. I hope I like it's, Tom. I've met Tom a couple of times. Uh not good friends of him or anything. Uh, mm-hmm. but he's good. He's good at what he does. And he's also, I know over the years taken on some other responsibilities in the office. And I thought was pretty well liked, um, but they're cutting people left and right. There were a lot of layoffs this week. We didn't even talk about that up top. They eliminated a huge portion of the office staff. A lot of the people that work for.com yeah. who were writing articles that we like to read and all that kind of stuff. They're not there anymore. Um, there's a lot of redundancy that they identified with the network
2: or with Peacock. It sucks, man. I mean, yeah, it does suck. That sucks. Damn. Tom's my guy, too, man. But you know what, though, man? Tom's a great sports mind, too. He's one of those guys that I could kind of see uh, getting his his Jonathan Coachman bag, you know, and I think, you know, uh, uh, a Fox Sports, ESPN, uh, MLB Network, like, I think he, he'd do great over there, too, man. He's got a great voice. He's really talented. He knows the sports. We talk sports all the time. We talk Knicks and, and talk, you know, all the time. I think Tom Phillips is going to be just fine, man. I think he's going to be great. And uh, yeah, well, that's you know, good. I'm glad that you're saying a, that. Yeah, I think if he stays in, a, in, in his sports lane, you know, and, and goes and you know sees what sees what's up at the major sports network, I think he'll be surprised at how many people really fuck with him and would we'll let him kind of do him. And uh, you know, let's we'll, we'll see, man. Damn, Tom. Hope you're doing good, bro. Hope you're doing good.
1: Yeah, that's 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 tough, man. That's tough. But you know, it's all. I can't say it's too surprising after everything we've been seeing and talking about. It sucks when people lose their jobs, man. Like It does. It, it does, sucks. especially when the company's making a billion dollars. It sucks. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Um, okay, so we got, we got Raw. We'll talk. We'll, let's, let's talk about double nothing at the end. I just want to touch real quick on where Raw is headed. We got MVP, Bobby Lashley, interfered in the Drew-Kofi match. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with that, but unless it ends up being just Drew and Bobby straight up again, I can't imagine that's going to end up inside the Hell in a Cell. Over on SmackDown, we talked about this last week. Over on SmackDown... Well, did they
2: say it's going to be a, a, a Hell in the Cell match?
1: No, no, or? no. We're coming up on the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, and I am just I am perplexed as to who's going to be inside this cell at any point, <laughs> whenever <laughs> it happens.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, there's still a chance that we have a Roman Uso cell match again. I don't know. Uh, I definitely... It feels like like Rons and Cesaro are headed there. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the big beat from SmackDown that we must talk about is the return of Aleister Black. Now, yes. there are rumors a couple of weeks ago um, that Zelina Vega was back at the Performance Center. I don't know if we even talked about it on the show. Yes, I heard, but, yes. Um, I guess that makes a little bit of sense in retrospect. Um, but Aleister Black finally, finally, finally um, is back in the ring. And he's decided to take out all of his pent-up agra- anger um, from being held off TV for so long on... Um, our good friend Big E. Um, I'm so excited! I'm so excited to see these two together. I'm so excited to see Alistair Black back. Alistair back. Um, the one only thing I'm mad about is immediately I like was online that night and and the, and I just saw a ton of people saying how this is a terrible idea because neither of these guys can afford to lose. It might end up with one or both these guys looking bad at the end of this, but that's such a terrible frame of mind. I mean, WWE doesn't mess this up, but like the idea that two guys can't come out both looking better at the end of a feud is crazy talk. Like you can't. Like this is this is booking one hundred and one. You should. I mean, you know, the, the Rock and Triple H feuded in the mid card for a long time, and they both ended up as two of the greats. You know,
2: it's it's, it's very possible. You this is yeah a it's very super good, possible. I think people get a little hung up on on who's who looks good after rivalries and who's getting over Like, I think people put a little bit too much stock on wins and losses, right? Like, I, I think people see people catch a, you know, a, a loss in the, in, in the match and be like, Oh my God, I can't believe. Like, I forgot who it was this week where people were like losing their shit I think Asuka, like Asuka lost the match. Uh, I think a distraction finish, whatever. They were like, oh my God, they're going back to Bury and Asuka. And it's like, no, no, stupid. Like, you're just building, right? Like, I feel like, and I, I'm not, I don't mean to call them nobody stupid, but it's just like. No, you called them stupid. I did call them stupid, call them stupid yes, because <laughs> most, as much as we hate to like, or, or don't want to admit it, most matches on Raw or SmackDown don't really matter in the long run. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, what happens on pay-per-views tend to matter. What happens on Raw and SmackDown not necessarily matter, you know. Um, so that's why I mean, you you want every you want everybody to look good, you want all your favorites to you know be booked strongly or whatever. And you mentioned it like the Rock and Triple H, two of the greatest of all time, feuded in the mid card for what like three SummerSlams or something, <laughs> and uh, they turned out just fine. Um, I think that that Intercontinental title picture on SmackDown is really fun and really interesting, and now it seems like they're gonna sh- you know. Slide Alistair Black into there, uh, you know, or I, I don't know if he's in the, in the title mix or just I don't know what they're going to do with him since you know Apollo's kind of really leaned into his. Yeah, heel I think. Th- bit. I mean, hopefully,
1: I think it's going to. I think it's just going to redirect, redirect Biggie out of that scene. I think Alistair and Biggie will have a feud separate from that. That's my guess, and yeah. the, and, the, and that'll and that'll give that'll give Apollo some room to sort of you know spread his wings a little bit as the champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we'll Apollo's see.
2: doing really well too, man.
1: But Alistair looked great. Um, Black Mass is just one of the all-time great simple moves. Um, just oh, yeah. always looks good, and uh, and uh, he's got like uh, the uh, the uh, color contact in the one eye, so we got some continuity going there. Yes,
2: yes. And, no more and,
1: pirate patch. <laughs> and, and, and frankly, I just want to see Biggie have like just fun feuds. Just give him just keep giving him rivals. Like you just line them up and knock them down, you know? I mean it's going to be really good. I think that a lot of people are already predicting him versus Roman Reigns down the road and I think this is the way to do it. Just give him feuds that people want to see. And um and just let him let him fly, man. Uh I I'm just I'm excited to see Alister back more than anything in the world. I'm just so excited. I really thought he was going to just disappear. Just I mean I think part of me had convinced myself that he was gone. And um you know, if he was going to be gone, watch this segue. We'd be talking about him in uh, as the surprise entrance in the Casino Battle Royal this uh, this Sunday. Um, AEW Double or Nothing
2: is coming up. Before that, Dave, I mean, we're kind of burying the lead here. I know we usually tape on Thursdays, but tomorrow's Friday. There was We usually tape on Thursdays because, you know, Dynamite is usually on Wednesdays, and we want to get, like, a nice jump on the week's content. But for the first time... SmackDown and Dynamite are going head to or sort no, of head-to-head. Head. They're going one, ass- after the <laughs> one after the other. One after the other. They're sharing Friday nights um, as their go-home show for Double or Nothing. So, And AEW has been very adamant about not making their, quote, go-home shows, throwaway shows. And they've, for the most part, delivered on that. Um, but yes, Double or Nothing. Looks like an incredible card on paper. Really looking forward to that main event. Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, Pac, um, and a lot of things on there. A lot of things in there are fun. And one thing that sticks out to me, and, and I, don't know, I don't know if you read this on the, on the, on the Twitter streets this week or, or a couple minutes ago or however long it was ago, but uh, the Cody Rhodes and Anthony Ogogo fight coming up where Cody's going to go as the American dream. That promo that we kind of skewered uh, here a couple weeks ago uh, Cody said that he uh, he focus group tested that for weeks, that promo before <laughs> before it hit live. And he was like, oh man, it, it, it was so well received when I did it. <laughs> like, it felt good. It felt good, you know? And and I I, I just kind of want to know who was in that focus group. And <laughs> who kind of, you know, like who, who, there's a lot. There was a lot to unpack there. Yeah, that focus
1: group was like exclusively people who were present at the Boston Tea Party or something. Like (laughs) (laughs) Who's waving the American flag and hating on the UK that much? I don't even know who these are. this focus group take place
2: on January
1: 6th in DC? Like, I don't know. Oh my God. That's that's bonkers. Well, listen, he's going to take on... I'm just kidding, Cody. Sorry. (laughs) So I think what's interesting to me about this pay-per-view in general is that... um, I was like doing my picks and I kind of felt like I'm more confident. I think I'm I'm confident about almost every single one. Right. There's only like, there's so many of these that feel like I'm so sure of who's going to win that I'm going to have to be wrong, you know? And also maybe, I mean, and even if I'm right, like, how do you like what, like I'm interested in the booking philosophy of a big show with a bunch of foregone conclusions. So, We'll start off with the Casino Battle Royale because that's not a foregone conclusion. Although, if Christian if Christian Cage wins, it's going to feel like a, like it was a foregone conclusion, right? It's going to be a big hindsight 2020, like we knew he was going to win all along situation. We got a big TBA. You know, obviously, there's always a surprise. There's always a wild card in the match. And, and there's a lot of interesting names out there. I mean, that they're doing a very good job of keeping it low-key. They're not making this like a big selling point for it. I think probably to tamped down expectations that it's going to be Daniel Bryan or Samoa Joe or something like that. A lot of people are assuming it's going to be the old Jerry the King Lawler move except by Big Show or because he's calling the match that he's going to jump out of his seat and enter it. Um, there's a lot of other you know potential names out there that are more in the sort of real world category. I saw, I saw somebody making a compelling case for Chris Hero which would be a lot of fun. Um,
2: but Oh, I would love to see Chris Hero. Hell yeah. Give me that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but I don't I mean th- this could go a lot of different ways. Um I think, you know, no given what we know, uh it's a it, Christian Cage certainly feels like the front runner. Um but you know, you wouldn't be surprised to see I mean th- there are some giant names in this. I mean giant names for AEW, but giant names in general, you know, like Penta's in this um, they they could go a lot of different directions, you know. Uh, I mean, you could, if you're gonna, I mean, if you're gonna start any kind of new push in here, obviously there's there's some names that you could pick. I, I wouldn't be. I think Christian's the you know you be, that's where you got to put your money. But but between you know just general improbability and the and the TBA slot, it could be it could go it could, it could be anything.
2: I think Christian winning is what. Seems to be too obvious, <laughs> um, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the field. So, are are you gonna go Christian versus the field?
1: Yeah, we can do Christian just, versus the field. I'll I'll go Christian just because my my point is that some of these are foregone conclusions. But okay, so we got yeah. Christian
2: there. You're gonna go field. I'm taking the field. I'm taking I'm taking a, somebody debuting. Somebody debuting. I don't know who it will be, but it feels like a good AW trope to keep that going
1: so next we'll do, uh, well, God, we have so many matches on this show. It's impossible to predict. All right. TNT championship match, Miro versus Lance Archer. Um, this has got, this is another one. It's gotta be Miro. Cause he just won the title. That's it. I mean, I don't know. I guess this could be a schmoz. They could do it, but they don't really do that a lot at the big shows. Um, people, you might say Lance Art, Lance Archer needs to win a little bit, but this just feels like they had to have a plan with Miro and, and he's got to
2: win. Yeah. Yeah. Miro's got to win. Uh, he's one of the most recognizable guys in the roster first title defense. I mean, you don't lose anything by destroying the murder Hawk. I don't think the murder Hawk loses anything by getting destroyed by Miro or having a great showing against Miro. It's Miro. He, he, he needs to go on a big run. And uh, I think that it starts tonight or well, starts uh Sunday, Saturday, my bad. this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I wouldn't mind Miro getting a new finisher too, or adding something. You're not, you're because, not a fan of
2: the accolade or it now? I,
1: I like it. I think it's a great visual. I do think that there's a big difference when you talk about someone like Murderhawk not like not needing the win.
2: You don't I want to agree. see him tap
1: out though. You don't want to see him tap out. That's right, it. Right. And I think when you when you when you're when you're booking a promotion like AEW where you're trying to take these kind of wins and losses a little bit more seriously and you're trying to make sometimes give the matches a little bit more of a fight feel. Um yeah, like nobody it's not a huge black mark on your fight record if you get if you get KO'd, you know, just from like
2: a wild shot or something. Right. You know,
1: but but if you're like if you get caught it's,
2: slipping, it's 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 okay. Yeah. But if you quit, totally mm-hmm. different. Totally different.
1: So anyway, I think are, but Miro's gonna win. So anyway, uh we talked about Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo already. This is here's my thing. In any other setup, I would say Anthony Agogo is a foregone conclusion, but is Cody really
2: gonna bring the American Dream <laughs> out of mothballs and lose? Don't think so. Doubt it. Uh, yeah. I, it, this seems like a foregone conclusion. I don't know. In most situations, I would think Cody would do the smart thing and put over the young, fresh heel, right? But like, is he willing to like low key not sacrifice, but you know, th- put the 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 great name of the American Dream on the line to just lose the first night? Probably. Probably though. That's the thing.
1: Yeah, as we're saying this out loud, maybe so. I mean, may- maybe he maybe that's the best way he can put somebody over by making it feel like it actually there's actually stakes to it. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean Anthony Agogo went from little or nothing to one of the biggest potential guys on the roster in about twenty five minutes. And I and I mm-hmm. I think it would be
2: You don't really get in the way of
1: those type of guys. You don't get in the
2: way of those type of guys.
1: I think it'd be a really smart move. I think it'd be a really smart move to put him over. Now, if this were WWE, you could say Cody's going to win and then Agogo can get the win back and then move on to bigger and better. But that's not really the way they do things here. So I think I'm going to go Cody Rhodes. But as we've talked it, I'm talking myself out of it. Uh, It's going to be Cody.
2: Uh, No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know. Agogo should win this. I'm going to go Agogo. I'm gonna go go. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's it's gonna be the first time his fans in the stands. It's, it's gonna be in Florida. It's gonna be Super America heavy. I don't know. Maybe this is a good time to give that those fans a a, a feel good quote unquote feel good win mm-hmm. <laughs> and Cody winning. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could definitely do a
1: thing because talking about finishers, talking about yeah, I mean, a go go could just take. I mean, you just Cody the KO right? A go go could just get him with a with a little glancing uppercut and knock him yeah. out, and then.
0: And also, yeah. it wouldn't
1: be that hard to kind of transition this feud to the, you know, to the the larger Q T Marshall feud. And Cody could get his win back without actually getting in an Anthony AgoGo's way. You could definitely do this. I'm gonna go with Cody just because I started there. But but I'm I'm talking myself out of it. Um, next one on the list. Let's see which way are we gonna go here? The Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle Stadium Stampede. Again, don't want to say it's a foregone conclusion. But this really feels like it's time for
2: the inner circle to go on hiatus. Yeah. I'm good on the inner circle (laughs) for a while. Yeah. Is there a possibility of a Sammy Guevara heel turn here and joining that NASA? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Uh, Sammy Guevara is going to, I
1: think Sammy Guevara, you're right. If if the pinnacle wins, and I think they will, mm -hmm. the key thing about the inner circle is gonna be I mean we're gonna there is gonna be a Sammy Guevara storyline in this match or coming out of it because he's he's gonna be the big investment for that group over the next six months. I yes. think I think we'll probably see I think Jericho might take a little step back or find something else to do for a minute. I definitely think you know Santana and Ortiz well they need to get them back moving in the tag division, but that's sort of a that's that's sort of a separate conversation. I think Sammy Guevara, whatever's going to happen with him, is going to be a, a going concern. So yeah, I think there'll be something there. But I think the Pinnacle is going to win. I mean, I don't, I don't really have much of a. I'm excited to see the match. Is there any more juice to squeeze out of the out of the inner circle like right now? They could always squeeze a little bit harder. But I think now, I think it's, <laughs> I think the Pinnacle is going to take their place as the big heel faction. I mean, they already have in terms of face and heel, and then. And we'll get to start plotting the comebacks of everybody on the other side. So yeah, I think Pinnacle's gonna win on that one. Um, let's roll on to what do you want to do next? Sting and Darby Allen versus e- Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Now, first this is gonna,
2: in the ring with Sting. Yeah. You know, no cinematic. He's gonna wrestle live. This is gonna be a weird one where like
1: sort of like the casino battle royal, whoever wins, we're gonna feel like it was a foregone conclusion because it's either, yeah, yeah, of course Sting Sting's gonna win. Why else would he come back? Or why are we having this match unless it's to put over Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky?
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, that brass ring thing, I'm still kind of confused about from a couple of months ago. (laughs) And uh, I think it'll be a a little bit of, it'll look really weird on AEW if you got a guy who literally grabbed the brass ring and a guy who was one of the most entertaining dudes on Impact Wrestling for a number of years have a legacy Mm -hmm. match where, you know, you're going up against Sting, who his job should only be to get people more popular. And yeah. two, Darby Allen just lost his TNT title and it's a tag team match. And he just got thrown down flights of cement stairs. <laughs> I think this should be an easy win for uh for for Scorpio and and and, and- Ethan Page. And the thing with AEW is you got
1: like we say, give them the benefit of the doubt. How do we? We were talking about this with with Alistair Black and and Biggie. Every feud should end with both halves, with both sides looking better, right? Yes. Unless somebody's going out, and unless someone's leaving the company or whatever. Both sides should end up looking better after everything. And how do you make both sides look better after this match? You give Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky the win, and then you like ch- then you keep going with Sting, and maybe it's Sting versus Darby Allin next. You give them the opportunity, you know, you, you 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 keep going with that angle, right? I mean, and Darby Allen already looks better than when he started the Sting angle somehow. Sting has, I mean, not somehow. Sting has definitely elevated him, and, and uh, this isn't difficult. So I'm going to go with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky for the win here. Um, but whatever happens, everyone's going to come out looking better. Uh, tag team championship match. Young Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston. This one I'm not sure about. This one I'm actually confused about. I'm not
2: sure either. Well, you go first. There's a world where I see Mox and Kingston as the tag team champions, right? Like, I I think Mox is the most protected dude in the company. Um, Tag team matches are usually a good way to keep a guy like him protected without losing any luster. But they've been investing a lot into the friendship and the duo of uh, uh, Mox and Kingston ever since Mox, you know, uh, well, well, Kingston gave his life in that, tragic smoke screen accident from the exploding death match <laughs> several months ago. Um but they've done so as bad as that ending was to that match, they've done so much to make you forget about it and replicate and 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 just uh get that storyline back on track about you know two bros who who really you know go a long way back and are hardcore and mess with each other the long way. I mean I could definitely see the Young Bucks like stealing it in some sneaky underhanded way. But those guys just have such momentum. I have a hard time seeing them losing without some nefarious thing happening, right? Like, if it stays fair, you know, I'd love to see Mox take Mox and Kingston be tag team champions. I think it would be very, very interesting. Um, And I think that's going to be my pick. I think that's going to be my title change pick for tonight. I think Mox and Kingston get those tag team titles.
1: You can easily go down a rabbit hole... Of how on earth would they get the titles off of them? I mean, there's a lot of ways, obviously, but like assuming we don't want to go back into Moxley versus Kingston, um you know, that does become the question, right? Uh I think there's a lot more interesting stuff you can do in the meantime with them. AEW should have AEW not should. This is a, this is a stupid idea, but AEW could almost float a second tag team belt. Like a tag team title that's actually for tag teams and a tag team division that's just for like people that team up at random, just to, because just to get them out of the single scene for a minute. Um, but I, would, I mean, listen, if they, I would love to see, I would love to see champions Moxley and Kingston versus versus um, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. You know, I mean, like that would be that would be a fun feud to take it over there. You know, make everybody again, everybody looks better. So I'm gonna. What do you got? Just to go against you, I'm gonna go with the Bucks because I'm torn. But I, but, but this is definitely the, the the most perplexing, the least foregone conclusion of the bunch. Back to foregone conclusions, though, we got an AEW Women's Championship match: Ruki Shida versus um, Britt Baker. I mean, this just feels like Britt Baker's moment, you know. And I think that we're going to appreciate her a lot
2: more when she's on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, when she's, not, when she's not, when
1: she's not champion
2: anymore, you know. Yeah. I think
1: that it's a, a, and I, you know, just having her. I think it's Britt Baker's moment to chat. I did not I don't have any. I honestly don't have any doubt about it. Of all these foregone conclusions,
2: this feels like the real one. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm with you on that one. Uh, that's my stamp it. Prove it. I don't know what we used to do. We used to super guarantee <laughs> matches. I. I'm gonna steal for, uh, from Charles Barkley. I guarantee <laughs> <laughs> Britt Baker. Is winning the AEW Women's Championship at double or nothing, guarantee. And
1: then then the championship match here feels like this is well, this is. I mean, this is the championship match is sort of the whole show in microcosm. I know who's gonna win. I know that Kenny Omega is gonna win. The way they decide to tell the story is kind of is is a much more interesting question, right? It's almost like I'd rather there be it be more of a foregone conclusion in some of these matches, so I can concentrate on the storytelling than to like be deliberating about who's going to win. I, Kenny Omega is going to win. Um, the question is, does one of these guys get straight up set up? Obviously, Orange, the Orange Cassidy storyline is at the forefront. I think Pac, in a lot of ways, is a more interesting concern for them as far as having because he, I mean, he's a legit title. I mean, you know, heavyweight title contender and should stay there for a long time. Um, We published a fun piece about Orange Cassidy on the ringer uh, by Tom Beasley last week. And it's just I mean, and I think everybody kind of has the same question, just like we don't doubt that Orange Cassidy is a big enough star that he has the charisma and the star power to be at the top of the roster but it's, the question is just like, how far can you go as a kind of comedy act? And it's not that's not a knock. That's not a d- dismissive thing. It's just like, well, th- how far can this gimmick really take you? Can any gimmick like it really take you? And I think we're going to answer a lot of those questions at Double or Nothing. Um, so King yeah. Meg is the pick. If I had to pick, if you had to pick who's going to come out looking stronger, pa- Packer or Cassidy, who do you
2: think? Definitely Cassidy. I think they've already kind of built it in that uh, Orange Cassidy is going in there a little banged up, a little hurt. Um, and his, that's his shtick, right? Like the guy who's just so laissez-faire about everything, but then he has these moments of like, you know, like to, for, for my anime fans, he has like these ultra instinct Dragon Ball Z moments Uh where he just like turns into like a completely different dude. And just like whooping ass, which, you know, he could definitely happen and I'm sure he's going to come out looking great. Out of it, I think we already know what we got with Pac, man. I think Pac is eventually going to be a W World Champion. He's the guy who, of since since the company first started, I'm surprised hasn't been a W World Champion. And I think because of the pandemic and because of him being overseas and and travel and all this type of stuff, I think it kind of slowed his momentum. But it doesn't take away yeah, from sure. the fact that he's he's absolutely contender. And I think. His moment is going to come in a in a one on one showdown. I think you know yeah. this needed a little bit more. I think Kenny Omega is still you know on his on his path to being the greatest in the ring performer according to Chris Jericho in the world. And uh, this is going to be a match where he showcases that. So um, making a guy like Orange Cassidy look great. Him and Pac are going to do what they do. Kenny Omega is going to win, but I do think Orange Cassidy in his first real main event uh, shot yeah. is going to look like the guy that everyone's going to be like, you know what? That guy should be champion one day. <laughs> we know Pac I... should be champion one day. Kenny Omega is the champion. I think the point of this match is to make another main event guy. I hope you're Cassidy's right. I hope it. you're
1: right. That makes yeah. a whole lot of sense to me. Talking about everybody in the match coming out looking better. That's, yeah. that's the way to go. That's the way to go. We left out one match. Adam Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. I mean, they talk about <laughs> foregone conclusions. They could I I wouldn't shock me if Brian Cage won because AEW is always pulling a long-term storyline, storytelling angle out of the back pocket when I least expect it. Yes. But but this definitely feels like talked about a little bit last week. Hangman is has been relatively on ice for the entire coronavirus era. And it's time to it's time to Pop the cork, you know, it's, yeah. it's time. It, it's time to we're getting back in front of live crowds and that's going to be his that's going to be where he shines. And yeah. I think that uh, I think it's time to start that move. But we'll see, I mean, anybody could win, but I, Paige is my pick.
2: Yeah, I, I'm going with Paige, too. I, I, I've I always said, well, I've always thought, brother, I may not have said it on the podcast, but I felt like he's the guy that should dethrone Kenny Omega eventually. Yeah. And I think now is the, the, the time to kind of build towards that. Um. Yeah, there's no
1: reason. Th- listen, the the AWs given the benefit of the doubt, they're good at the long term storytelling. Mm-hmm. The whole point of having him and Omega together for the first year of the company was for this eventual payoff. Yes.
2: Yes. Exactly. So I'm with you on that. Uh, I think I think that's the way they're going to go. I think it's time to warm Page up and and you know make him their guy. Like he is. <laughs> he's like the the mad scientist experiment of everybody in the elite, right? Like, he's got a little bit of Cody in him, a little bit of Young Buck, a little bit of Kenny. And I feel like if they, if they can't make that guy the shit in AEW, they've all failed each other. They've all failed him, you know? Like And the guy that young, that talented, that got that great of a gimmick and that look should be at the top of your card eventually. And uh, if you're not making stars, you're not doing good shows. But they're making good shows and they're taking their time with it, I got Paige over Cage. I'm surprised they're not in a cage, but you know, <laughs> I got Paige. <laughs>
1: uh, we got to get out of here. Oh, one more thing before we go: there was a little blurb this week, um, maybe from Sean Ross apt that said more. There's more. Oh, Eric Boogs was on SmackDown last week, and apparently he's the he's just the beginning. There's more call ups on the way as they try to spice things up on both shows. There was a very it was kind of uh, auspiciously pointed out that or, or they, they auspiciously included nxt uk in the potential pool for call up. so Ooh. i don't know i don't know if that's like a, I, I definitely have some names i would uh, i mean kaylee ray is one that a lot of people are saying i think piper niven's probably a better call, a more likely call-up or i would th- that's where i would go um you know if they just did british strong style as a faction that could be a really interesting look uh on smackdown um obviously over on the NXT side, you know, Finn Balor is in any other era, you would say he just, you know, after 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 this week that he would be the guy who would be back up on the main roster.
2: I still think it's that I think I think they've they've kind of uh you know, Finn did a a quick drop on um Ryan Satin show on uh, on Fox. Um he said, you know, the reason why he came to NXT was to kind of find himself. And I think he did. I think he got his character back. I think he got his swag back. And crowds are coming back. I think Finn Balor goes to SmackDown. I think he's the next guy on line. I'm not mad at a Finn Balor, Roman Reigns, SummerSlam main event. Damn, I'm like, not either.
1: I'm not either. Like <laughs> We're seeing the same Raw matches over and over again. and SmackDown We're just like fantasy booking everybody to go to SmackDown <laughs> and make the fun show more fun. Yeah, that could be, that could be really interesting. Uh, there's a lot I mean listen you could you could fantasy book a bunch of people um, I mean hell uh, you could put Cross right up there I mean he's the champ but come on I mean like he doesn't need just have him abdicate or have him lose the f- title he could be on either show I think he's going to be better off on one of the main roster shows I'm not a, the first person to say that either so I don't know there's a lot of interesting ways you can go I mean there's also you know you can also look at the women's side too I mean there's there's a, there's you know, Rico Gonzalez is your new champ. I mean, is your current champion, which sort of signals, if nothing else, it's, so they're sort of taking a breath and rebooting the division, the division a little bit. But Io Shirai is obviously main roster ready by any definition. So, whew, I, I would be interested to see her on the main uh, uh, in, on either show. I'd probably fantasy book SmackDown for her too. But you know, she'd be really great on Raw. They need some. They need some faces over there. So anyway, there's a lot of ways we can go. It's exciting
2: stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm even saying not just not just that they need faces. Like they're going on the road. They're about to hit the road, man. Like they're about to see some fans and face. They got to f- put some butts in the seats. So I think you know. I think we're going to see a lot of NXT guys. You know that have held it down during the pandemic era. Get that call up to on SmackDown. And I think Finn's at the top of that list. And Ayo Shari. Well, definitely. it's exciting. It's exciting. I can't wait to see what you I can't wait to see some new faces, man. And maybe Adam Cole, where the hell's Adam Cole at? Maybe that's going to happen too. Who knows? I don't know man. <laughs> I'd be,
1: I, I I would be, I would both be shocked and not shocked uh, if he may end up on the main roster. I, I, I'm, I'm on the fence about that one, but it, but I, but it's a, it, it is a very, very interesting choice. Uh, there's a lot of interesting choices out there. That's why wrestling's fun. We got to get out of here. Kaz, you want to do your, your uh, plugs on the way out.
2: Yes, sir. Tune in to Say Less with Kaz, Lowkey and Rosie every Monday, wherever you stream your podcast and on YouTube.com slash Kazim. Check me and Monica McNutt out on MSGPM after every Knicks game this playoff season. Incredible night last night in New York City. Best place in the world to watch a sporting event. Madison Square Garden. Can't believe that. And um, yeah, man, see me here next week. And the Ringer, Mass Man Show, bitches. <laughs> you can find me here, of course. You can
1: find me on the press box. You can, uh, that's about it. You can find me on Twitter, but I don't do anything. Thanks, <laughs> as always, to our babyface production assistant, John Kerma. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see what to do on Sunday, and we'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on The Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Mass Man Show.